This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, I'm excited about the stuff we're going to get into today, and I'm telling you that that life story of Cindy, wow. Wow, wow, would you, would you not move? I think we could probably just have an altar call right now, and we could all go home and uh, feel like we have been in church today. Uh, I really believe in stuff like that. I believe that was an angel that came, and I believe that when we reach out and touch others, God is mindful of what we do, and God will touch our lives in the time of need. But again, at all of our campuses, we are absolutely excited that you're in church today. Now, you know, I, I, I love engagement. I love people to be excited. Uh, so I need some help. Anybody going to help me preach today? I, I only got a few minutes there, and I'm, I'm sure they're in Fresno, and they're in Madeira, and here in Clovis. I'm sure we're going to get some help. But uh, I, I love it because it's always this time of year that I get to uh, focus our church on, on things that really matter. And I'm going to share some things in the next couple of weeks, it's going to help remind us why we, re, why we exist as a church. And before you uh, turn this off, think, well, that's not you know, really for me, and that's not important. I'm here to tell you, as a Christ follower, the, what I'm sharing the next couple of weeks is the most important thing you will ever hear concerning your existence in the earth. And so I'm going to talk about this week about four guys in the Old Testament. And next week, we're going to talk about four guys in the New Testament, and we're going, to, we're going to share their story, and I believe it's going to be powerful. You know, for so many church-going people, they think that the church exists just for church people. And uh, the, the Bible, though, uh, doesn't say that. I was raised in church, where we kind of thought that, you know, the church is about us, just us getting together and singing Kumbaya, my Lord, and having a good time and just good fellowship. And, and all those things are important, but that's not, that's, that's not the reason that, that, that the church exists. The Bible teaches us that the church uh, doesn't just exist for church people, but the church exists for the world. Uh, the church is, we've already heard it today, the church is the hope of the world. And we exist for the purpose of reaching lost people. That, that's the reason why God has established the local church. Not so that we can have just some club, but God established the local church in the communities, all these local churches in this community, around these communities, in our, in our nation, is for the purpose of reaching their communities, uh, lost people, people that have no relationship with Jesus, people that have not yet put their trust uh, in Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. Because here's the reality at all of the locations. The reality is this. If people die without a relationship with Jesus, uh, the truth is, is they'll be lost for eternity. Um, here's what the Bible says in John three thirty six. Jesus says this, he says, and all who trust him, God's son, to save them have eternal life. Those who don't believe and obey him shall never see heaven once they die physically. It goes on to say that they'll experience eternal judgment. Um, this is why we exist. We exist to reach people. We're not here just to 
have a good time and grow people and, and feed on the word and develop and help just church going people. That, those are good things. But that's not why we exist as a local church. We want to serve, we want to help, we want to grow church people. But the reason why we exist, the reason why the local church exists is to reach people for Jesus. Um, to reach people who have no relationship with Jesus because it is absolutely a matter of eternal life or eternal death. Um, I, I like this because people once asked Jesus when he was on this earth in his earthly ministry, they, they say, hey, Jesus, why, why are you here? Why did you come to planet earth? What, what did you come to do? And, you know, Jesus actually answered that question of why he was here on planet earth. He says in Luke 19, 10, he, he says this, the son of man, this Jesus came to find lost people and save them. He didn't say, I came so I could have church and sing kumbaya, my Lord, and just grow in the things of God. That's all good. He says, no, I'm here. I'm existing here. I've come to this nasty planet to reach people and show them the love of God. What's, what's crazy about it is that after 33 years of living on this earth, God in flesh, Jesus, uh, he died for the sins of humanity upon that cross. And here in a couple of weeks, we get to share that message to the people that you are inviting to our, our services. And and once he was raised from the dead, did you know the final words of Jesus to, to his followers is, is this? He says, I, I want you to go everywhere and I want you to tell everyone about the love of God. So isn't it amazing that Jesus starts his ministry? Hey, I, I'm here to reach and save the lost. And then when he's raised from the dead, he's getting ready to go back to heaven. Then he commissions you. He tells you, he tells the church, the people that, that are following him, they said, now it's your assignment to go and share the love of God with everyone that you can. Um, for those of us that are Christ followers, I, I, I really hope you lean into this at this moment because for every one of us as a Christ follower at all of our locations, at some point in your Christian walk, this truth that I'm sharing right now needs to really grip your heart. It needs to grab you the truth that the most important thing that you could ever do with your existence is to tell others about the love of God. If you're not there yet, I'm, I pray that someday, some moment, you'll come to the reality that you're not here just to play some kind of sports or just to kind of work your career or just raise your family. That's all good stuff and we have fun doing it. But, but the purpose for your existence, what you're saved, is that you would reach out and tell others about the love of God. Here, here's the big idea today before some of you check out and go on social media and see what's out there or sleep. Here, here's, here's the big idea. So you get it before I end today. Um, here it is. The greatest gift, we're going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks. The greatest gift that you could ever give a human being is an introduction, an invitation to a God that loves them. Um, and the reason why is because if they receive that gift internally, 
It's going to be a gift that will last them for eternity. Wow, wow, wow. Now, what if, what if we were all committed to this purpose of telling people about Jesus? What if every person that calls celebration their church made the commitment this weekend to be committed to sharing the good news, the love of God to people in their world? Wow! (laughs) We would change a city. We would change our neighborhoods. We would change the workplace. If, if ever the thousands of people that come to celebration week in and week out, if we all just got on mission, that would have such a huge impact in the, in the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead of us. And that's my prayer. You know, there's a story in the Bible, and uh, it's a story where God's people have been surrounded by their fierce enemy. And um, just to give you some background of this, I don't know if you know, but in Old Testament warfare, when a conquering army wanted to attack or conquer another city, uh, sometimes they would just storm the gates and attack the wall. See, see, in that day, before there was a Donald Trump, they believed in walls too. And, and they would actually build their, their walls around their city to protect their city. And so sometimes the warfare is they would just attack the city walls and attack the, the city gates. And then other times the strategy would be is for them to just surround the walls with military force so that no one could get out or in. And, and so um, if anybody tried to get out, once you surround, if anybody tried to get out, what they would do is because they'd have all their soldiers there is they would just shoot them with their arrows and and uh, there was just no way of getting out. You'd be left for dead. And so what happens in the story here is this whole uh, city of Samaria, God's people are surrounded by their enemy. They're, 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 not, they're not getting any supplies in. And uh, nobody is able to go out. They're not able to go out and farm their land. And they're not able to take their, 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 their animals out to graze upon the fields. And so what happens in this story is that this army, this enemy of theirs, has laid siege to their, their, their city for so long that they actually, God's people, begin to run out of food. And uh, they, begin to, they begin to starve to death. And, and it got so bad, if you read the story, um, they begin to eat parts of the animals that you would not even want to, want to eat. It, it, it didn't stop there. They even turned to cannibalism. It got so bad that they even began to eat their own children. It was a horrific situation. And it's in the middle of all this bad stuff that's going on with God's people that the Bible introduces us to, to four lepers, four men who, have, who all have this terminal illness. It's a skin disease where they're their bodies would literally be just, would just rot away. So it's only a matter of time that these four guys are going to die. And it's in this condition that one of the guys says to the others that are sitting there, um, you know, I'm going to die of this leprosy long term. And it's obvious we're, <laughs> I'm going to probably die of this, um, this starvation short term. So, so I'm not just going to sit around here any longer. I'm, I'm done just sitting around here. And so the other guys asked him, so well, well, what are you going to do? And he says, well, I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to go out of the city gate and walk right towards the enemy's camp. And you know, the other guy says, well, you're crazy. You know what they're going to do? They're going to kill you on the spot. 
And, uh, and, and he says, well, you know what? If I stay here, I'm going to die. And, you know, if I go out there, I'm going to die. So why just, just hang out to die? Let's, you know, perhaps if I go, maybe, just maybe the enemy will have mercy on me. And maybe they'll, they'll feed me and uh, I'll, I'll live another day. And the other guys begin to think about it. You know, he's right. If we stay here, we die. If we go there, we die. You know, it's, 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 there's no good news. And so, hey, we're going to go with you. And so these four guys, they, they open up the gate to the city and they, they start walking. Can you imagine? They start walking to the enemy's camp. And I can imagine, in my own mind, they, they probably got their hands raised. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. And they're, they're telling their buddy, hey, you go first. You, you go first. I'm sure it's a critical moment in their life. Um, and they begin to walk towards the enemy's camp there. And it just so happened as they got close to the enemy's camp that they didn't hear anything. And uh, they realized the enemy is nowhere to be, to be found, that the, the camp is empty. And, and what had happened is just a few hours earlier, God had created some noises in the night, noises of chariots, noises of uh, horses and noises of, of soldiers coming. And, and so some 40,000, 50,000 of their enemy got, got scared and they thought they were being ambushed and, and attacked. So they take off fearing for their life. And now these four guys walk into the camp. Don't shoot, don't shoot. And there's nobody, there is no, there's nobody there. And the, their enemy has left in such a hurry that they have left all of their stuff. I mean, there's food everywhere and clothes everywhere and there's, there's resources everywhere and there's iPads and iPhones and flat screen TVs. I mean, can you imagine? These guys haven't eaten a square meal in a year and now this abundance of resources is all over the place. And so they begin to start eating and they start drinking and they're trying on the... The, the clothes, and they're, they're checking out all the weapons, and, and they're playing with all the new toys. And they thought, man, if we're smart, because now they, they've gorged themselves, they've eaten all that they can eat, and they've, drink, they've drunk all that they, they can drink. And so they're thinking, you know what, if we're smart, we'll go ahead and take some of this stuff, and we'll go stash it away, go hide it, so that we'll have a stash, a reserve stash for the rest of our lives. And they actually begin to do that. They begin to take stuff from all the tents and the gold and the silver and clothes and food, and they begin to hide it away for a, a rainy day, for a later day, so that they would have something in the, the future. And while they're doing that, they begin to talk to one another, four guys. They begin to say, hey, what we're doing is not right. You know, today is a day of good news, and we need to tell it. And uh, that's exactly what they said. In fact, let me show you it in scriptures in 2 Kings chapter 7. Let me just read three verses here of what I've just communicated the background. It says, when the men with skin diseases came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent, ate and drank, carried off the silver, gold and clothes they found in that tent. They went away and hid them. Then they came back, went into another tent, carried off its contents and went away and hid them. Then they said to one another, what we're doing is not right. Uh, this is a day of good news, and we're not telling anyone about it. I like this. It says, come on, let's go back and tell the people. You know, so they start off thinking, yeah, we're fed, we're clothed, 
We have all this stuff, and we're going to put as much as we can into Daryl's storage, and we're going to save for a rainy day so that we're provided for. But then something changes in their thinking, and they start thinking about their families. They start thinking about their friends. They start thinking about their coworkers. They start thinking about their city that is literally dying of starvation. They say, no, no, we can't do this. Today is the day of good news, and we need to tell it. So what do they do? They go back, (laughs) go back to their city. And they tell everybody there are thousands upon thousands of people. And all of a sudden, these people come flooding out of the, the city. And they're finding food and, and water and supplies. They're, they're, they're finding things that they have not had. And they've gone without for so, so long. There's abundance everywhere. Can you imagine? It's just a complete celebration There's three things from this story that I just shared with you that I think that God wants to tell us celebration at all of our campuses today. Let me me rephrase that. I I think God wants to tell you three things real quick before we we get you out of here to your buffet. Here's, Here's number one. This is a day of good news. I like this. This is a day of good news. As I was preparing this past week, as the Lord was showing me this story, and we never preached out of this passage before like this, um, I just felt like that, that I needed to come into these services today and tell somebody, I don't know if it's Madeira or Fresno or Clovis here, I just feel like I need to tell somebody that this is a day of good news. This is a day... So somebody, somebody needs to hear that uh, regardless of your situation, regardless how bad it's been, I just need to tell somebody that today is a day of good news. You, you know, we live in a world that is plagued by bad news. But here's the truth today. Jesus came to stop the bad news by giving you and presenting you with Good news. Come on. There is good news for the people of God today. I said there's good news for the people of God today. In fact, that's how Jesus even started his ministry. You know, the very first message that Jesus ever preached was this message of good news. We see it in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. The word gospel means good news. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Well, what's good news to the poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore. I'm just here to tell somebody that today is the day of good news. I know you've got some bad news that you have to be poor, but Jesus is here and he says, you don't have to be poor. Come on. I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking physically. God has a way of making a way where there seems to be no way. And I don't care what bad news you have gotten. Jesus is on the scene to bring good news today. Somebody shout today. He goes on to say, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Well, what would be good news to the brokenhearted? It's that you don't have to be broken anymore. Some of you have bad news and it's broken your heart. But the good news today is that, is that you don't have to be brokenhearted any longer. To proclaim liberty to the captives 
To proclaim liberty. What does, that, what does that mean? It's that you don't have to be bound anymore. The, 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 the bad news is you have the addiction, but Jesus is here today, and he's declaring there's good news. I can set you free from the addiction, from the bondage, from the slavery. Come on, from the limitations. Goes on to say in recovery of sight to the blind, spiritual blindness, physical blindness. But I think there's a blindness that so many of us have, you know, that, that we don't even want to get out of bed anymore because we've lost our ability to have vision and dreams of a, of a great life. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus has come with some good news today. You're not stuck. It's not. I wish I could get somebody to re- I just need somebody to believe that this is the day. Today is the day. I believe God wants to get you up out of bed with a fresh dream. I believe he wants to open your eyes today that you can still have a great life, a great marriage, a great family, a great career. Come on, you can have a great destiny and a great future. Somebody needs to hear this today. That this is a day of good news. He goes on to say to set at liberty those who are oppressed. What would be good news to an oppressed person? Don't have to be oppressed anymore. Don't have to be suicidal anymore. Don't have to be depressed anymore. And I like how God, how Jesus ends his message here. He says, and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Wow. Come on. Today. Today is the day of good news. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you've been up against. I don't know of the, I don't know the famine that you've been through. I don't know who's been surrounding your life and you feel like you're dying and you're starving. But I'm here to tell somebody that today there is good news for you. There is help and there is a way out and God's got a purpose and a destiny for your life. To the sick person, I declare you can be healed today. Come on, somebody. To the poor sub-person, I'm declaring that you're going to get provision today. To the depressed person, I prophesy and declare over you, peace and joy is coming to your life. Come on, Madeira. Come on, Fresno. That's the first thing I think, and I can preach on, yeah, you can tell, I can preach on that all day long. I'm passionate. Somebody needs to hear some good news. Some of you are so discouraged because you feel like you have been surrounded by, by pain and tragedy for so long, and it's hard to hear the good news, but today is the day. Today is the day. Come on, this is, this is your day. There is good news coming to your Oh, if you could only see what you're getting ready to walk into. There is some abundance for you. Amen. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that I believe God wants to tell you. Number two is when it comes to lost people, you're God's plan. When it comes to lost people, you're God's plan. I like, I absolutely like what these guys said. Um, these four guys, he says, they said, what we're doing 2 Kings 9, 7, 9, it says, what we're doing is not right. This is the day of good news, and we're not, we're not telling anyone about it. Come on, let's go back and tell the people. I, I think that's what God wants you to hear today is when it comes to lost people, you are God's plan. Jesus said it this way in Mark 16, 15. Jesus said, go into all the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Okay, can I just tell you, when it comes to this assignment, there's no plan B. 
if we don't do this as the church, this doesn't get done. This is not a preacher thing. This is a you thing. Go. Jesus said, go. Go into the world. Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and to all. When it comes to lost people, you are God's plan. Let me give you the third one. Here's the third thing from this story that I believe God would want to tell you. And that is, there's amazing joy for those who tell God's good news to others. Amazing joy for those who tell God's good news to others. Uh, Can you imagine, can you imagine these four guys after telling this good news to their city? I I don't know, maybe it might have been 20,000, 40,000 people. Can, Can you imagine, can you imagine this whole city flooding out of that city, been held captive for so long, they're starving and they're dying and all they've seen is death around them and tragedy around them and hopelessness around them. Can you imagine these four guys standing by the side there, standing off by the side and watching everybody celebrate their good fortune? I mean, you can, I, can, you, can you imagine? I mean, they're watching children eat. Their, maybe, maybe their first balanced meal in over a year. Can, can you imagine being one of those four guys and watching those babies eat for the first time in a long time? Or watching some of the elderly people as they're trying on new clothes. And Man, what would it have been like to be one of those guys and say, we told the city, and look, check this out, and they're playing with their iPads and iPhones and flat screens and TVs and... Man, what would it have been like as they're watching people gather the gold and the silver? And for the first time, they're not going to be strapped paycheck to paycheck. They're going to be able to pay their... What joy would have that been like? Come on. Um, I think these guys are thinking, wow, this really feels good. We did the right thing. This is the day of good news, and we didn't keep it to ourselves. We told everybody, and now their joy is our joy. And this is what I feel like God would want to tell you. There's amazing joy for those who tell God's good news to others. We, we see it in the story, but it's actually a biblical truth. Jesus, one time in Luke's gospel, sends out 70 of his followers. And he says, I want you to go in these cities and I want you to share, tell other people about the love of God. And so they went out there and they, they reached people for God and shared the love of God. And, and the Bible says all those 70 people came back to report to Jesus. And the Bible says this in Luke 10, 17, then the 70 returned with joy. I don't know if you've ever considered it. But if you're frustrated, if you're discouraged, and you're living an unhappy life, I'm here to tell you as a Christ follower, the answer is to get on mission, to tell others. I know it don't seem like, I don't know how that would fix my problems, but I'm here to tell you, you want to get frustration out of your life, you want to get discouragement out of your life, get on mission, get on purpose, because, because there, is re, there is joy released from heaven that comes into your life. 
When you reach beyond yourself and you're not just storing things for yourself and hiding things for yourself and keeping things for yourself, God gets involved in your life and He, he empowers you with, with, with joy. It's obvious He does because even the Bible says when one lost person gets saved, you know what happens in heaven? There's a joy party that t- over one person that gets saved. They, they throw a party. You know what that word joy means? A state of delight and well-being. If you want a life of well-being, wholeness, healthy, consider getting on mission and telling others about Jesus. Now, as I close today, I've got a few minutes left. Um, I think the reason why we don't do that, I, I think we would all agree at all of our campuses, you, you know, Pastor, I, I know I need to do this. I, I get it. I, you know, I heard the message last year I, I, and the year before I was here when you talked about the importance of the church. I get it. I get, but it's just, it's, I think the reason why we don't do this is, is because we don't know what to tell them. And so I, I want to just take this moment that we have left and tell you that it's easier than you, you think. And, and I want to help people with celebration for those that say, you know, I love to do that, but I'm just scared. I, I don't know what I'm going to get into. And, and, and I want to tell, but I don't know what to tell. And I'm just, I'm just saying today as your pastor, if you come to celebration, here's what you need to do. Tell them what Philip told Nathaniel. Well, what did Philip tell Nathaniel? I'm glad you asked. I, I want to share it with you right here. In John chapter 1, what's happened here is that Philip has had an encounter with Jesus. He's gone to a celebration church service, and he just loves the pastor. And, and, and his world is rocked, and he gets saved that service, and he can't contain himself, and kind of like Cindy. And he... Uh, He's got a good friend by the name of Nathaniel. Man, I need Nathaniel to experience this. I don't want to just keep this for myself. I don't want to just hoard it up and, you know, store things for... I I need my best friend to hear and and experience what I've experienced. And so the Bible says Philip now went off to look for Nathaniel and told him, Hey, we found the Messiah, the very person Moses and the prophets told, told about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And uh, here's uh, his buddy's response in verse 46. Nazareth, he explained, he exclaimed, Nathaniel. That's what Nathaniel says. He says, Nazareth, can, can anything good here? Can anything good come? Can, can you see? It's obvious that Nathaniel's a skeptic. <laughs> you want me to come to that church? <laughs> I have heard things about that church. <laughs> So you hide your little invites. I'm afraid. So, so, so it's obvious that Nathaniel is being skeptical here. And, and uh, man, I don't know about church. No, I ain't going to church. You know, hey, I go to church. It's going to, you know, like we said earlier, it's going to catch on fire. You know, that Jesus stuff isn't for me. You know, I, I, I don't want to really. And so we, 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 we dialogue in our mind. Well, I, man, I want to tell, but I just don't want to. I don't want to deal with all. I, what do I tell them? I like what Philip said here. Philip declared, or Philip said, 
the next verse, it goes, Philip said, uh, just come and see for yourself. Just come and see for yourself. I like that. I like that. He didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't have to defend his church. <laughs> hey, it's really a cool church. He didn't have to defend his church. He, he didn't have to defend Jesus. Hey, if, if you really knew him, you'd like him. He'd just say, hey, yeah, you know what? I know you probably got issues. I know you think the church is going to burn down. I know you think we're all crazy over there. I know you think this Jesus thing is, is a hoax. But, but hey, man, why, why don't you just come and why don't you just check it out? Here's an invitation. Just say, hey, I'll, I'll here. And um, you know what happened? It got to uh, Nathaniel because Nathaniel ended up coming and Nathaniel experienced Jesus and it radically changed radically changed his life I believe there's Nathaniels in your life that are just waiting and they're skeptical and I get it I mean one of my first times that I ever went out trying to invite people to church I had a gun pulled on me <laughs> uh, I said hey here just come and see I'm out of here you know just 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 come and see just just you don't have to preach Jesus to them just here come and see and Come and check it out. That, that's what you should tell them. Hey, man, I don't have all the answers, and I'm not going to defend our church, and I'm not going to defend this Jesus. And I know you think it's all hoax, but, but how about just, just come, and, come and see? It, it's amazing to me what happens every weekend in a local church, what happens even here at Celebration every weekend, the hope and the help and the mercy and the, man, the physical healing and the emotional healing. And there's so many of Cindy's that lives have just been impacted even by the ministry here of celebration. It's extraordinary what God does in these, these hour, this hour and 15 minutes or hour and 30 minutes, three hours, four hours, no, no, it's hour and 15 minutes. It's extraordinary what God does. And we need to invite people so that they can just come and see. Um, I, I was able to spend some time this past week in our old Fresno sanctuary and our old Fresno campus. As you know, we've, we've, uh, we've moved out of those facilities and uh, we're in a transitional location now in uh, Rio Vista Middle School there. Hello, Fresno. And uh, I, was, I was in this, this empty sanctuary and I was there just to give thanks to God. You see, 24 years ago, we actually started the church in that building. And, uh, and so I was going down memory lane and just saying, God, thank you for all the hands that were raised, all the prayers that was prayed, all the people's lives that got changed. If you don't know it, everything that Celebration has today was birthed and launched out of our Fresno location. Clovis wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for our Fresno location. And, so 24 years of just, God, you're so awesome. I, I was thinking of all the people that got married there, all the funerals we had, all the baby dedications that we had, all the, the transformations of, of life, and, and just saying, saying thank you. And, and I realized that those were just facilities to reach people, and that, and that, and that this was not the end of a thing. Because we were just going to go use another building so that we could reach more people. You see, Fresno is not stopping today. Fresno is being launched today so that we could reach more people. A better facility 
in an area that we can reach more people. And you know what we're getting ready to do in Fresno? We're going to get land and we're going to build a building. Why? To reach more people. And we're not done here yet in Clovis and Madeira. We're going to dream again. Come on, God's going to open our eyes and we're going to reach more people. (laughs) And I wish, uh, my prayer is that this would grip your heart today. And so as I'm going through memory lane and thinking about all the awesome things, saying, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, oh God. We had nothing and look what you've done. The lives and the transformations and the Lord took me. He took me back to a couple. Back in 1995, some of you weren't even born. Um, a couple that I met in the Fresno campus. They're going to put them on the, 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 the screens there in all of our campus. This is Floyd and Pearl Crownover. Yeah, back in that day, we all dressed really sharp. Uh, Floyd here is, 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 is 80 years old, and Pearl here is in her 70s, 78. And uh, I'll never forget the day. Are you good? Are you with me? All the camps, are you with me? I'm almost done. Uh, Floyd came in to that Fresno campus back in 1995, probably had no more than a few hundred people. And uh, he came in and he said, like you're sitting today, and I preached my guts out and spit and hollered and just had a good time like I, I do. And and uh, gave the altar call, and guess who got saved? <laughs> Floyd raised his hand and prayed the prayer and was really impacted. And he came up after service. I'd never seen the guy before. And, you know, and, and I'm a young guy, and we didn't have a whole lot of elderly people at that time. And I'm going, wow, this, this is really cool. He's listening to me. I must have really preached good because he got saved. And he comes up to me, and he grabs me around the neck as he always did, just shaking. He says, Pastor Randy. He said, I got to tell you my story. He says, a couple nights ago, I had a dream. And the dream was my funeral. And I seen myself in my casket and I knew that I was lost for eternity he talked about his past he was a womanized crazy doing all kinds of crazy things like that Floyd you don't look like you're that kind of guy no I was I, I, I just know I deserve hell and I seen my own funeral and it shook him so much he woke up that morning, couldn't wait for Sunday to come. Only a couple days. He'd already been invited to our church. Somebody, somebody reached out and invited him. And so he knew and he said, oh, oh, Jesus, if you just keep me alive long enough, I'll go give my life to Jesus on Sunday. And so it wasn't my message. It was his dream. That was a disappointment. And uh, he got saved that morning. And... Uh, He said, uh, would you pray for my wife? He says, Pastor, she's the biggest skeptic that you'll ever meet. She thinks all preachers are thieves. All churches want is your money. Some of you think that today. She says, I'll never darken the doors of a church. They're all hypocrites. The church is not for me. And I looked at Floyd. His tears are coming down his face. And I said, Floyd... God can do the impossible. What you need to do, we're going to pray, and what you need to do is you just need to invite her. And we're going to let, let God do what God can only do. You know what? We prayed. 
And he went home and he invited his wife the next Sunday and his wife refused to go. So the next week he invited her again and she refused to go. And the next week and I don't know how many weeks but finally he got to his limb. He said, baby, if you'll just come this, this time, I'll never bug you again. I'll leave you alone. Just, just please try it one time. And so she's decided, I'm going to go to get you off my back. And, and she came, and I preached the best message I've ever preached in my life. The end of that message gave an altar call. And there's Pearl, 78 years old. <laughs> Lift her hand to receive Jesus. Why? Why? Because somebody believed in the power of an empire. If I just, if I can just tell Nathaniel, I don't have all the answers, but just come in. Just come and see. Just come and see. That's our assignment celebration to tell this community, to tell this world, just come. I don't have the answers. Come and see. And so I'm wrapping up the other day there in Fresno and so excited about what God has deposited into my heart, the 24 years of, of, just, of just life change and, and reaching people. And it's so excited about the future that we're moving into, into, into bigger facilities and better facilities to reach more people. And then, and then I felt like the Lord spoke into my heart. He said, son, I'm getting ready to do for celebration more in the next two years than what I've done in the last 24 years. Come on, somebody ought to get excited about that. Come on, somebody ought to shout right now. And I had received a call a few days earlier from the granddaughters of Pearl and said, would you, Pastor, would you come by? Pearl's in, 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 in a care unit being cared for. She's 99 years old now. And, uh, and they were expecting her to die. And... and uh, she was close and they just couldn't figure out why she hadn't died and they had her on morphine and all the other kinds of stuff. They said, you know, Pastor Randy, if you'll just come, I mean, if you, if you go to Pearl's place, they, they have, she has my picture and Sharice's picture on. I mean, our picture's right there. It's like we're God to her. We know if you'll come and pray with her, she'll, she'll go to heaven. It's time for her to go to heaven. I'm, so I'm in the Fresno camp, so I'm saying, God, what, what do I pray? What do I pray? And so the Lord gave me a couple things. And so I'm driving to where Pearl is. And I just begin to, begin to practice saying what God told me to say when I got to see Pearl. And by the time I got up on the property where Pearl was, Pearl had breathed her last breath. I went in there, grabbed her hand, and thought to myself, mission accomplished because of an invite. Come on, somebody. So, so, so let me say it again. If we're not telling others, then what we are doing is not right. Hear me. Today is a day of God's good news, and we need to tell it. So again, I tell you this statement, this, the, the, this main objective. Here, here's what this is all about. The greatest gift that you could ever give a human being it's an introduction, an invitation to a God that loves them. Because, listen, if they receive it, that gift, if they receive that gift internally, then hear me, it's a gift that's going to last them for eternity. Close your eyes at all of our campuses. God, 
May celebration be on mission. Grab our hearts today, oh God, for what really matters in life. God, I pray that this would no way condemn us, but it would help us to enlighten God to get on mission what really matters, that there are people in our lives that we don't have to preach to them. We don't, we don't have to twist our arms. We just got to say, come and see, and then you'll do the rest. So, Father, help us today to reach our families, our loved ones, our co-workers. God, in our city, our communities that have been surrounded by the enemies where, where there's heartbreak and pain and difficulty, God, I pray that our city would hear the good news. <laughs> our city would hear the news that God loves them and that God wants to provide for them. God, let that be us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, eyes closed at all of our campuses, if you're here today at any of our campuses and you say, you know what, I'm that Floyd today, I'm that Pearl today, I, I've never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and Man, I don't want to miss out on this. I, I need some good news. I've been, I've been surrounded by the enemies long enough, and I don't like the life I'm living. And, you know, the Bible's very clear, very simple. The Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe you're here at any of our campuses, and, and you've come, and now you've experienced, and you're ready. Would you be willing just to pray this prayer? In fact, let me just, as I look all around this building of Clovis there in Fresno, Madeira, fetch you, would you just... Lift your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me today. I, I need to pray that prayer. I need to get life, right, my life right. Yes, hands going up. Every, hold up high. Nobody's looking around. Just between you and God. Let God see his hands are going up everywhere. Madeira, Fresno, you can put your hands down. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, today I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I invite him into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. With your help, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.